welcome once again to the archive snoop as we troll through history we're on the third episode of isabel mesmer and it is the final episode isabel keeps running hit the like subscribe and bell so you know when the episodes are uh, what do you know about this hold up mrs andrews nothing except i'm taking my money out of here it apparently isn't safe uh, what'd you say your name was the manager told you didn't he do you usually do your banking before? This banking is from hours? Ladies They Talk About, Barbara Stanwyck, 1933. And you'll see the similarities to Isabel. I came here to deposit money to cover checks I had written for my train tickets. Mm, where are the tickets? Here. And here's the money. If you're through asking stupid questions, I'll go. No, not yet. You're going to take another train, lady. Didn't I used to know you before you became Mrs. Uh, Andrews? I don't think so. And before you turned platinum? <laughs> not so hot as a blonde man, not so hot. <laughs> Come on, I want to have a little talk with you. For a dumb dick, you have a memory like an elephant. have to take into consideration the time period within which Isabel Mesmer was active in her crime sprees and her troublemaking. This was about 1933 to 1941. At this time, we have the fallout from the Depression, the Dust Bowl, the gangs, the gangsters, prohibition, and the fact that women were just coming into the workforce. Most of the women were coming into the workforce were secretaries, but in the pre-code movies, such as we've seen the clips from, there were alternative ways for women to make money, and Isabella took that route. She could have ended up as a migrant worker in a migrant camp, but we know that Isabel's personality was such that she was going to do whatever it took to get the things she wanted. We will catch up with Isabel on April 1st, 1939, in Odessa, Texas. A man had left Isabel on the corner to pick up anyone possible and bring them back to the tourist camp that she had was staying in. And as you know, she was on the run from the Clinton Reformatory in New Jersey at this time. And she happened to pick up Buford Armstrong. Buford was 25, had done a stint in Huntsville Prison, and was playing for a semi-pro baseball team called the House of David at that time. And from what I saw in the newspapers of the time, all the House of David players wore beards. He also played baseball in prison. Evidently, Isabel got Buford back to the cabin and Buford was drunk. He was also a married man. She attempted to rob him and Buford wanted more than she was willing to provide. So after a struggle, she attempted to get out one of her guns out of her purse and she shot him once or twice in the side and one of the shots evidently killed him. 
and she ran from the cabin leaving her underwear which was embroidered with her real initials she went next door in an attempt to call someone and they wouldn't let her use the phone or something happened but she ended up at the Kit Kat Club and sat down and was going to order something of course she didn't have her purse she left it back in the cabin and so the man of course deserted her so she hitchhiked her way up to st louis missouri and that's where she was captured isabella when she was picked up in missouri at a hotel had her two guns in her handbag and whether one of the guns had been used it's not clear but they brought her back down to Odessa because she said that she would never go back to New Jersey and her trial began in March of 1940 and at that time it was an all-male jury so they felt sorry for her believed her story even though the district attorney tried to say that Buford Armstrong had been shot in the back she stated that he had been shot in the side she got three years for malice murder without malice and New Jersey stated they were gonna add four more years to her sentence there and she didn't like that verdict so she threw a scene in the court and threw herself over the railing and tried to land on her head and tried to run out but she was caught she was to be held in the odessa jail and as you saw the previous picture it had been built in 1938 and had all the modernistic designs and the latest word and high-tech uh, steel escape proof devices its mechanisms were so simplified that a single lever opened and closed the barred doors of the entire cell block and on the morning of April 9th 1940 a keeper found Isabel's cell empty she performed the impossible by a simple expedient of cutting a thin piece of leather from her shoe and inserting it into the cell block which prevented the hook from engaging and waiting till everyone was asleep she opened the cell door and went down the passageway to an unbarred window at the front of the building crawled out the ledge and like a human fly so the story goes she climbed down three stories to the street and to freedom The sheriff at the time thought he'd outsmart Isabel and thought she'd return home. And on May 29th, near Tipton, Indiana, she was arrested in Tipton after going to Elwood. And the sheriff returned her back to Texas and back into the cell block and Isabella again said she'd rather die than remain in prison well 
She tried it again, and on November 12, 1940, she managed to slip from her cell and made the dangerous descent down the courthouse wall. And at the time that one of the articles was written, she was still at liberty. And they called her 90 pounds of nitro. After her first escape, her mother came and visited her at jail. And she goes berserk and tries to choke her mother. And she fought with the sheriffs and the deputies. And then we have an article in which that she's reading material that is so very deep that an uneducated person couldn't understand them. Philosophy and religion and theology. And then she made her second escape from the Ector County Courthouse. And you can see, I think she was on the third floor. And on that second attempt or second escape she had reported sick so she was in the hospital ward and she had blocked the mechanism once more and used a bar to open the door and she climbed down the lattice on the west side of the building and she was off again and this was November of 1940 and yes they catch up with Isabel once more once Isabel escaped, evidently she tried to get admitted to the hospital in Austin, but they didn't admit her and they called the police. And then she tried to visit her mother once again in Elmwood, Indiana, and the police miss her there again. But only five months later, they catch up with Isabel in San Francisco. She had accosted a police officer and he realized who she was and she was arrested and they left to go get her in San Francisco. Evidently, once they tried to arrest her, she was fighting with the photographers, with the police, with everyone. She did not want to go back to jail, and they called her a 90-pound package of TNT. And we have her heading back to Texas, all demure, with a matron, and at 26 years old, April 1941 she's heading back to Odessa to do her time in Huntsville once she gets transferred her hair is longer here's a smiling picture of Isabel and she said now that she was going to be a good girl whether that's true or not well it actually was Isabel was returned to the Ector County Jail and then she was transferred to Huntsville Prison and evidently she didn't cause any problems whatsoever at that time there in Huntsville and in November 
1942, as we see from her register. She's returned to the New Jersey State Reformatory for Women in Clinton, New Jersey to complete her time there for the attempted um, running over of the officer. It's a little strange that for murder she only gets three years, but for attempting to run over an officer she did at least seven. And in 1950, she evidently is living in Baton Rouge under the name of Lorraine Mesmer because we have the obituary for her stepfather, John F. Decker. And after that, we kind of lose track of her, but she does go, evidently from a book I read, she had an interracial marriage in Indiana that was not accepted and she returns to Tampa Florida and hopefully lives a great life there when you're trying to create a story from a real life and also from history it's hard not to be dry you find the facts in the newspapers, but you don't really have the information behind those facts. And we know Isabella Mesmer was a real person, as was Buford Armstrong. And they both were people with feelings and hopes and dreams. And yet this story goes back over 80 years, and we don't have her side of the story or her feelings on these events. This is her final episode. But I hope in the future of her life, she reached a bit of happiness for herself. And the last place I could find her was in Florida. And possibly she married to a man named May. So she went by the name of Isabel May or Lorraine May. And if anyone knows about Isabel, please either like or leave me a comment. You can also e email the Archive Snoop at archivesnoop at gmail.com. We will see you next time with a new story and a new Snoop. Please like and subscribe and hit that bell button so that you can be notified of new episodes. Thank you once again for listening. See you next time. <laughs>